Hey, uh, welcome to Flatter. Hey, today we're going we're gonna to actually uh, kick off a new series. We're going to keep on, though. We're working our way through this sermon, this famous sermon that, that Jesus gave about 2,000 years ago out on the side of this mountain known as the Sermon on the Mount, all right? And the, and the way that we're doing this, because we're going to be parked in this, these three chapters for several months, but what we're doing is that we're taking this one sermon and we're breaking it into, like, into sections or, or series or something like that. But the thing to keep in mind is it is one talk. And, and this part, you know, sets up this part, and this part, you know, builds on this. And so it's, it's one continuous thought, building and building and building, all right? Now, I tell you that for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, um, don't sit in here and go, so does that mean if I miss the last series or if I miss a week or something like that, uh, then, then I'm kind of left out and I'm going to be lost? No, not at all. But, but what it does mean is I want to take a few minutes today and kind of, like, review and catch us up where we've been over the last month so we're all on the same page and, uh, and, and we kind of look at what Jesus has been teaching us, all right? And what Jesus has been teaching teaching us is this, and our last series was called this, Times Are Changing, meaning Jesus has done something that now things that didn't used to be possible are actually possible now, right? right? Like, like you can now have, you can become this kind of person that you always wanted to be, but it's, it was impossible, and you can actually live this life that, 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 that's good. And it wasn't possible before, but, but Jesus says that is now possible for ordinary people like us. And so, so a lot of times when Jesus would like, would he stand up and he'd show up in a town or a, a synagogue or a temple or wherever he was teaching a field, right? And he was about to teach something new that nobody had ever heard before. One of the, the most common ways, and if you read the, the biographies or the gospels of, of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll, you'll see him say this over and over and over, but he'll, he'll, he'll start a, a talk or a sermon with something like this. He'll say something like, repent, and I'll break this down in a second. Repent, Why? Because the kingdom of heaven, or heavens, the same thing, it's at hand. Meaning, it's always been around, but now it's available. It didn't used to be, but times are changing. Jesus says, I, I've, I've changed everything, and now new things are, are possible. What he's saying is, let me tell you what's possible. It is now possible for ordinary people, no matter what you've done or what's been done to you, and mistakes, whatever that is, for ordinary people like us, to live in his, his kingdom. And anytime you see this kingdom word, you might think of different things. Here's what Jesus thinks when he says the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the heavens. He's talking about living a with God kind of life. All right. So again, we're done with this. Whenever we think of heaven, we're not thinking about after we die, we go someplace else and God's waiting on, for us on a Disney castle in outer space. That's not it. Heaven is right here. All right, it's a with God kind of life. In a, and a lot of us have never thought about God living with us like this. Jesus is describing an intimate, conversational friendship and relationship with Jesus. And it starts here, like right here, right, in this life and last past your funeral into e eternity. And Jesus goes, if that's true, if that's true for people like us, if that's possible for people like us, he basically is saying, then think, right? right? You might want to rethink the way you think about everything. Well, if that really is possible for me and a good life and being a good person, that's actually possible for me, I, I might actually want to rethink this. So Jesus is saying, okay, how about this? Why, again, why don't you just take some time to get to know me? That's all we're trying to do here, right? If you would, get, spend some time with Jesus, get to know him. Jesus says, find out what I believe. Find out what I say is actually true. So I, I, I claim to create this universe. Why don't you just see how I say things work best. Why don't you try to figure out how I think, how I think about God, or how I think about me, or how I think about you, or how I think about other people in this world. And as you get to know me and kind of figure out what I'm thinking and how I see things, take a look at your own life and the, the, the thoughts and the ideas and the definitions that you've been hanging on to, and then kind of lay them beside mine. And if they're, if they're different, 
Or if you look at you, some of the things you've been hanging on to that are actually wrong or destructive and they're not working for you any, anymore, what if you were to replace what you've been holding on to, and it makes sense why, but now you're getting to know Jesus, what if you were to replace this with the ideas and thoughts and definitions that fill the mind of Christ? I want to get to know Jesus more so I can actually think like him and then see things like him and then maybe actually do some stuff. And that journey, that process, and it's not an event, it's, it's a journey. We, we call it around here, we call it spiritual formation. Maybe you grew up in a church called it sanctification. It's all the same thing. I, I'm, something's changing inside of me. How's that happen? By getting to know Jesus. Jesus actually said this. Jesus said that getting to know him, this is in John 17, getting to know God and, and Jesus whom he sent, that is the definition of eternal life. And Jesus says the result of that, if you were to get to know me and then live your life with me, and this is what we've been studying for the last month in here, your life could actually become, and he uses this really cool word that we've been unpacking, makarios. Remember that? Makarios. All right, what do you mean makarios? It means, it means this, that in, in spite of your circumstances, and so many of us look at our circumstances and then we make conclusions about God. He must hate me. Look at my life, all right, right? But in spite of my circumstances, he says you can experience makarios. What, what do you mean that? Uh, the good kind of life. And usually this kind of life is only reserved and available to those who are walking through all those circumstances with God. See, living with God, it makes all the difference in the world. Living with God in his kingdom is very different than on your own outside of his kingdom. See, see living with God changes everything. Living with God in his kingdom, you experience makarios. What do you mean? Like in, in, in the kingdom of God, even though you look in the mirror and go, I'm a mess. Ever done that? All right, I, I'm, I'm broken. I've made mistakes. Spiritually, there's just nothing going on there. I, I mean, I, I don't even know what to think about, God. This is what Jesus says. I know your life's a mess. Don't try to change your mess. Bring your mess to me, and I'll live your mess with you, and we'll see what happens, all right? That's possible in the kingdom. How about this? This is the Beatitudes. In, in the kingdom, um, when you mourn and your heart is absolutely broken, just smashed because you are grieving. You've lost the most important thing and the most important person in your life. In, in, outside the kingdom, you're just sad. But inside the kingdom, God says, I will give you some comfort that only I can put your heart back together. That's possible in the kingdom. How about this? In the kingdom, the, the meek, the throwaway people, not in the kingdom. In the kingdom, my father, God, will make sure you have everything. You'll inherit it as his son or daughter, up to and including the earth if that's what it takes. He says, my father will take care of you in the kingdom. In the kingdom, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, I just want it to be right. Somebody needs to fix it. Somebody needs to do something and make that right. And I don't feel like anything's satisfying it. Jesus says, in, in my kingdom, I'll satisfy it, even though you don't see anything happen on this earth. I'll take care of that in the kingdom. Remember, this, this is what we've been covering. In the kingdom, um, the merciful will be shown mercy. Um, the pure in heart will see God. The, the peacemakers will be called sons of God, and persecution and insults and attacks will not change your status with God, your kingdom status, right? Anything bad happens in your life, listen, it'll only serve to remind you the same thing happened to Jesus, so as bad as your life might be, Jesus is going, been there, I get it, I'm with you, and you don't have to face that ever on your own again. You're, you're with me in the kingdom. See, see in, in, in the kingdom, we've been looking at all this, in the kingdom, you get a, a new identity. This is what Ben talked about last week. In the, in the, in the kingdom, um, you're no longer a throwaway person, even though the world tries to throw you away. No, Jesus says, you're no longer that. You're mine. You are a citizen of heaven. You are makarios. You are blessed. You, you, in, in the kingdom, how about this? I love this. You, it's not like if you try to or, or if, if you figure it out. No, he says, you are the salt of the, of the earth. You're the light of the world. 
Not because you've tried to produce something good and it's shiny, but because you're plugged into me. In me, you are the light of the world. And in the kingdom, all things are possible. And if you've, if you've noticed that, the key word I keep coming back to is in the kingdom. And that's really, really important because it's very different in the kingdom as opposed to outside the kingdom because only in the kingdom are, are these new things made possible that didn't used to be possible. It's only in the kingdom that what normal, like natural outcomes for certain circumstances that you've done or have been done to you, they've always ended up this way outside the kingdom. But in the kingdom, actually different things can happen, like impossible things can happen. Makarios kind of outcomes can happen in the kingdom. How about this? And some of us have experienced in the kingdom, Jesus has this ability because he's just Jesus, all right? He can take something in your life that's just bad. And you look and go, and how, 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 how can you do something good out of that? I don't know. That's Jesus, all right? You can look and go, there's no redeeming value whatsoever in what happened to me. It's just bad. And Jesus goes, I got it. Bring it in the kingdom, and I can use it for something good. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. You can look at someone in your life and you, and you can go, that is just absolutely unfair and wrong and unjust and unrighteous. And Jesus goes, I know, outside the kingdom, it, it's, it's, it's all it is, but inside the kingdom, I have this ability to take that unfair, never should have happened to you thing and I can leverage it. I can turn around, I can use it for something. That's what, that's what I do. Which is why Jesus talks about the kingdom and the nearness of the kingdom and the accessibility of, of the kingdom and the availability of the kingdom. He talks about that like, that in this life, more than he talks about anything else he talks about, including what happens after your funeral. Some, somehow in our minds, we think that, that Jesus came to just talk about life after death. He, he talked about, about that much. He talked a lot about, I want to get involved in your life now. After you die, don't sweat it, I got it. I want to talk about now, between now and your funeral. That's where I need help, right? So Jesus is saying this, in the kingdom, and this is going to, so this is going to, today is going to, it's all set up, by the way. There's not a lot of application, but I am going to pop some religious bubbles. So if you came in here with a, a bunch of religious ideas, here we go, all right? But because Jesus is going to kind of blow some people's minds. And that's what we're going to look at t t today, all right? Because what, what Jesus says about in the kingdom is this. In the kingdom, God prioritizes your heart, what's going on in here, and the kind of person that you are becoming. Now stop reading, all right? Meaning this, if there's a priority list, this is at the top of the list. What's going on in here, and what kind of person are you becoming? Top, top of the list compared to what? To over your circumstances and the kinds of things that you do or have done in the past or are doing right now, good or bad. That's important. He's more concerned about what's going on in here and the kind of person that you're becoming. Why? Because Jesus knows, and we're going to hit this over and over again, all right? Jesus knows that if, if we can get to the heart of the matter, right, if we can figure out and fix what's going on on the inside, what comes out of us will naturally follow, and it'll be, it'll be good. But, and this is what most of us do, I've done most of my life, if all we do is try to be nicer and act better, and just try to get along, and by golly, let's just be friends, all right? If that's all you try to do is just try really hard to be a, a good person, it is a matter of time. It is a matter of time until it all falls apart and the real you comes out because nothing changed on the inside. Now, you have to think that as Jesus taught this, there on the side of this mountain we're gonna look at, these new ideas and these new concepts about what God really, like, like who he really loves and, and what he really cares the most about, and when Jesus talks about what qualifies a person to be good or to have a, a, a good life, it had to cause a lot of people, and a lot of us who grew up in church, we're having the same conversation in our head right now, to look back and go, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? 
I grew up in church or synagogue or temple all my life. I have never heard anything about all God cares about is the heart and wants to change things in the side, and he doesn't care about as much about the, the outside. I've never heard anything like that. But Jesus is about to blow their minds. And some people leave. All right? And what, let me just tell you ahead of time, all right? I'm going to land this talk in a few minutes, and you're, you're going to want to go back to the old ways. And I'll explain that in a minute, so just, just hang on, all right? So here's what I want to do. I, I want to give you, you're, getting, you're just going to get so excited. I want to give you a history lesson. Yay, that's why we came, and that's why we skipped the game. So Jim can give us a history lesson, all right? So now here's why. I want you to understand what was going on in those people's minds there on the side of that hill that day, because what your, your aha moment's going to be, that just went through my head too, because people are the same. They're not Bible people. They're just people, right? We're just, we're just people, right? And, and we're really no different. So, so we're going to get historical, and we're going to get a little philosophical, Oh, sensei, I know. You're welcome, all right? So, all right, so here we go. Buckle up. It's a long history lesson. We're going to cover most, the whole Bible. All right, so, so <laughs> take a breath. Good to drink, something like that, all right? So, so as far back, for, for all you humanities people, you're going to love this, all right? If you, if, if you go back in civilization as far as you want to go, all the way back to caves, all right, right? There's, there's this common theme or this question that every civilization that has ever been studied has pondered over and over and over, and we've done it here quite a bit over the last several months. But the question every civilization has tried to answer is, so what is it that makes a person good, right? I mean, and we all do that. How about this followed by this? And, and what, what makes a life good? So as you are you know, graduating high school or college or, or this or that or whatever, you're going to the next stage of your life, what you're trying to go is, so I want to be a good person and I want to experience a good life. How will I know? How will I know? And how will I point to other people and go, they're good or they're bad? What, whatever that is, okay? So history lesson, all right. So probably the, probably the first like in-depth or at least the, one of the earliest recorded like you know, accounts of a, a written pursuit of this question, who's good and what's a good life, came about, uh, about 400 years before Jesus was born. This guy named Plato wrote a book called The Republic. Have you heard of it? If you've read it, you speak Latin. Welcome. All right, anyway, so, so in this book, The Republic, Plato studies this inner attribute of, of goodness, and, the, and he was from Greece, and so the Greek word for this inner goodness is this word right here, dikaiosune. This is really important. We've learned Hebrew over the last few weeks. We've learned some Greek. Here's a Greek word, dikaiosune. One, two, three. See, you're spiritual. Look, you speak Greek. All right? so, but dikaiosune, in case you forget that between here and the parking lot, right, it can, it can be translated this way. Um, what is it that makes a person good? What is it about her or him that makes a person good? Or they're right. Or this is simple, all right? Inner goodness. Dikaiosune is, is inner goodness. And then Plato's whole the Republic is what makes a person good and a society good and things like that. In other words, Plato knew this. And later one of his students named Aristotle, maybe you heard of him too, he agrees with this and writes the same thing. But he, he agrees and he says something that'll sound kind of familiar. He says this, if, if you have a good heart, if you have dikaiosune kind of heart, a good life will overflow out of that. Does that sound familiar? Because Jesus said it too, right? But here's what they know, and Jesus taught as well. If you simply try to force yourself to act good and be nice, listen, the heart can be totally removed from that. And if you, if you try to separate the outside from what's going on, on the inside, do that long enough, and your brain has the ability to say, this and this have nothing to do with each other. They are unconnected. All that matters is what I do. All that matters is what I believe. So I believe this 
on the inside, but I do this on the outside and there's no conflict. Or I, I claim to do this or believe this. And Jesus is about to blow up all that and go, you cannot disconnect the two. The inside and what comes out of you, they are inseparable. All right? So more history. Yay, more history. This is the greatest night ever, right? So a few hundred years before Jesus was born, they decided to take, because Greece was like the whole philosophical, like educational movement was taking over the entire world, all right? And so like, kind of like English is the most common language in the world today, Greek was that language back in Jesus' day, all right? And so a few hundred years before Jesus was born, they took the Old Testament, which is all the parts of the Bible before Jesus was born. It was written in Hebrew, but very few people spoke Hebrew except the Jews, all right? And so what they did is they took that and they translated the Hebrew Old Testament into Greek and they called that the Greek Old Testament, we call it the Septuagint, okay? The Septuagint. And as they were translating the Old Testament in, into Greek, the Hebrew word for righteousness, or another word for righteousness would be this, what is it about God that makes him good, right? They used the same Greek word, the kaiosune. So the goodness, what was the righteousness of God is Dekai Osune. And so here's what happened. The world kind of merged because the, the most major philosophical idea and the most major theological idea came together and said, we agree on that. We agree on that, right? Dekai Osune, inner goodness, righteousness, inner goodness of God. They all came together. Now, if you go back several thousand years before the Septuagint, all right, back to the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, we find there the beginning of our whole faith system that leads up to Jesus and us sitting in this room right now, okay? And here's how it all started. God met, saw a guy named Abraham and said, Abraham, listen, out of your many descendants, one of those descendants is going to be the savior of the world. And even though Abraham, who was old, and he didn't have any children, let a whole lot of descendants, all right, he didn't understand how God was going to do that. The Bible says that Abraham believed, had faith, had confidence, not, not that he understood how, but that God would, that God would do it. I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I believe, and I have faith, and I have confidence. And as a result of Abraham's faith, this is really important, right, God credited, and that's just a banking term, I'm going to put it on your account, Okay, God credited uh, to Abraham God's own righteousness. Let's bring that into what we're talking about tonight, all right? How about this? God gave Abraham, God covered Abraham, God put in Abraham's account his own dekaiosune. You following me? This is all gonna come together in a minute, all right? Now, if you skip ahead a few years after Jesus had done all that he had done and had ascended back to heaven, a guy named Paul writes the same thing. He says that... Just like Abraham did something by faith looking forward, all right, here's what, here's what we do, all right? Paul writes that when we put our faith in who Jesus is and, and we put faith in not what he's going to do, but what he already did. So we look back to what he already did on that cross. The moment we put our faith and trust in Jesus and what he did for us, same thing, God takes our sin, that's on our account, all right, and he credits our sin and our condemnation and he puts it on Jesus, Jesus pays because the wages of sin is death. At that same moment, at that same moment, look at this. God takes the dekaiosune of Jesus, all that's good about Jesus, and credits it to you and me. He imputes it. That's the doctrine of imputation for all you theologians out there, right? Paul also writes this in another place. He says this. I love this. He says, everything, everything that you need to know about the glory of God, everything you need to know about the level of the, the kind of goodness, the, the, the kind of dekaiosune that exists in God, like, like God at his greatest, right, can be found 
in the face of Christ. And as I was pondering that, as I was writing this talk, it all came together for me. Look, I just love this. The Dikaiosune of God is Jesus. The goodness of God. How do I know God is good? He sent you Jesus. That's ultimate proof. So, so follow, follow me on this. I'm going somewhere, all right? So, follow me. so the Jewish faith was launched when God made Abraham a promise about who God was and that God was going to do. And Abraham believed by faith. And in that moment, God credited Dikaiosune to Abraham and said, you're good. We're good. Right? Now, skip ahead to us in this room. The Christian faith is this. Jesus taught that the way to be saved, the way to have your sins forgiven, the way to be, be brought into his kingdom of, of the heavens is by putting your faith in Jesus. I believe Jesus is who he said he is, and I have faith that what he did for me on the cross counts for me. And at that moment, at that moment, before you change anything in your life, God looks at you and goes, you're good. We're good. I put my dikaiosune in you. And we would say this. He, he, it's not in the Bible, but this is how a lot of us say it. He, he came and he moved into my heart, right? And now whatever comes out of me is a reflection of his presence, of his goodness in my life. So let me just improve on a statement I made earlier. In the kingdom, you'll begin to live a makarios, blessed, like with God kind of life, not just that, a dikaiosune, good kind of life in the kingdom. And it all, it all ties, ties together. Now, again, it started with Abraham, and now we're sitting in this right now. But the same thing is in effect. But here's, here's the thing. The day that Jesus shows up on that, serm, on that mountain to give this talk that we're working our way through, at the point that he shows up, religion is jacked up. I mean, it's, it's, it's all messed up. And so whenever Jesus talks about this kind of this crazy, like, deformed version of what God had in mind, he, he calls it this. He calls it the righteousness. He, he uses this word, the, the, the kaiosune, the righteousness of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And these are these religious leaders who've taken what God's meant to be good and helpful and show us a better way, and they've redefined it, they've reinvented it, they've corrupted it, and now they're in charge of who gets to be with God. And they're, they're imposing all these heavy burdens on people and all these hoops to jump through. And they're saying, you're going to hell. You're, you're, you're a good person. You're a bad person. You'll always be a bad person. And, 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 and having God in your life, it's, it's, not, it's not based on faith. It has nothing to do with what's going on, good or bad, in a person's heart. It has nothing. They don't even mention a conversational, intimate relationship with God. They don't care about that. It has nothing to do with that. What does it have to do with? The, the righteousness or the dikaiosune of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, it's all about rules. That's religion. And it only cares about outward behaviors and actions and circumstances. Has anybody been to that church? I, I don't care what you believe. What do you have on? What are you drinking? Who are you hanging out with? What, what are your habits? What are your addictions? Have you been divorced? I mean, all the big ones out there, right? And we put all these things out there. We don't care what you believe or what's going on in your heart. Did you do it the right way at the right time in the right order? That's all we care about. We don't care what you believe about Jesus. Did you do it correctly? Or how about this? Did you do it wrong? Because if you did it wrong, there's the door, right? Which is why, okay, go back to context, right? The Anawim were sitting there going, we know. We know we're bad, We've broken the rules. We did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. We, we know what God said and we, we didn't do it the right way. And, and look at our life. Our life is so jacked up. Obviously, this is evidence that, 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 that we're bad people because God is cursing us. He, he, must, he must hate us a lot, right? That's just 
That's why they look at our lives. Do the math. Your externals prove the hardship of your life, the mistakes of your life prove that you are absolutely disqualified and you always will be. We know Jesus. And this is where it all ties together on that mountain that day. Because people are no different. Because what they were thinking on that mountain is what some of us are thinking about, right? Because they're no different. Remember who's sitting there? Context is king, all right? You cannot say, well, over here in the, in the Old Testament, or, or further, no, no, he's, let's just stay on the mountain. Who's he talking to that day on that mountain, right? And it's still true today because we are like in the same situation. Think about it. Put yourself in this place, all right? If you've ever been raised in, in a religious system, this is probably why you walked away, right? Um, that God's love for you is absolutely conditional on and his willingness to be a part of your life and love you is all based on if you do enough right things the right way in the right time. And if you do bad things in the, in the, in the wrong order at the wrong time, you, you'll never be good enough. You have, you have to prove to God every day that you're good enough, that you have the kaiosune, that, that, you're, that you're forgiven. And if you mess up, you can become unforgiven because you'll never be with God. Let, let, let me just tell you from my own experience. After a while, you look in the mirror and go, why try? Right? You look in the mirror and go, you know, I look at my life and I've screwed up so many times. I know what God said about that. And I did something different. I know me pretty well. And I can never be that good. I'll never be good enough to be with God. And eventually you just tap out and go, I I'm done. I'm done. I put up a white flag and go, I'll just go to hell, I guess. You don't say that out loud. But let's be honest. Here's what we usually say. I don't believe all this crap anyway. But we do. And here's the problem, the tension, Right? We, we believe it, we just don't want to think about it because we think about it, we think we're going to hell. Right? Because there's no hope for people like us. I've tried to be good and I can't. And this is where Jesus shows up. This is where Jesus shows up and says, I, um, could I have your announcement, uh, could I have your attention? I'd like to make an announcement, time out. You've got it backwards. You've got it backwards. You have everything in the wrong order. So rather than try to clean up your life and, and stop being messy and, and work off your sins or something like that, how about this? Why don't we start with trust me? Just trust me and I'll forgive you. Just put your faith in me and I'll save you and I'll bring you into my kingdom. How about this? Before you try to act good, because you're not yet, but I'll make you good. But stop trying to be good on your own. Uh, why don't you come to me first? And we're going to look at this in a few weeks. How about this? Remember this? Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't seek being a good person. You'll, you'll just wear yourself out. We've all done that, all right? How about this? Seek first the kingdom of God. And this is what Jesus says. And then my Father will supply everything you need, and he'll do something on the inside so that the resulting outward choices and decisions and behaviors that come out of you, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. But just come to me first, and together... We'll build a good life. Does that make sense? Now, here's the danger, okay? It's logical, but it's, it's wrong. But this is where we land. And you got to think that Jesus sees this going on people's faces, just like it's happening in every church in the world right now, right? So the, the, here's the problem, right? We'll look at this going, so God accepts everybody, and God forgives everything, and, and no matter what we do, we can't undo our salvation. Here's, here's where we all land. Then why change? Something going, Yeah. Why stop doing that? Why try, try to change anything? Well, I don't need God's rules. I don't need commandments. I don't need laws. All I need is faith in Jesus, all right? Because according to the Bible, Jesus does all the rest. All I need is to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus, and everything else is on Jesus. So why change? And you got to think that Jesus is looking at their faces changing. Because he started the talk, and they were like, we're just horrible outcasts, stuff like that. And then Jesus starts building a case about, you know, all right, so you can, you can come into the kingdom, and God wants everybody in here. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. And then he starts talking about, about what's possible. And then the, 
if, if I'm sitting in the crowd, here's what he sees on my face. I'm a horrible person. I'm like, what? All right. Because here's what I'm thinking. Party. And not in a good way. Party. Do anything you want. Because I'm saved by grace through faith. I can do anything I want. God will forgive me for it. So I'm just going to keep on doing everything I want. There's no need to obey. Because in the kingdom, sins and mistakes don't matter. They don't disqualify you. Right? How about this t-shirt? Got grace? No need to obey. You say, well, I would never wear that t-shirt. Well, we sure live that life, don't we? I'm saved by grace. Don't judge me. You don't know my heart. Right? But that's how we do it. So, so, so Jesus is going, I see you little depraved people. All right? Uh, I made that up. Uh, I think he looks and goes, let me clear something up because I know where you're going. I know what you're thinking. It says this. This is what we're going to look at tonight. He said, don't think I've come to abolish the Bible. <laughs> Don't think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets, all those things that they wrote. I have not come to abolish that, but I come to fulfill them. I'm gonna, I'll tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, so the, until the end of time, all right, um, until the, heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the least stroke of a pen on any of those laws, all right, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Now, we could do a whole series on the Old Testament law if you want to. There are 740 laws in the book of Leviticus alone. That's a long series. No, okay? If you want to, we can talk about it later, okay? And we can do a series about which of the, which of the Old Testament laws are in effect and which ones will be fulfilled and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, why can we, are we allowed to eat pork now? Because in the Old Testament, they were. Yes. Are we allowed to get tattoos now? Yes, you, I hope. All right, all right, all right so. <laughs> well, Jesus did this and Jesus did that. Okay, so we're not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna talk about all that, okay? We can do that another time. But here's what, context is king. So we're on the mountain, and in context, what is Jesus saying to those people? That's important, okay? And it still applies to us today. And here's what it is. Jesus is sitting there going, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just go back to what God had in mind. So many times when people are asked questions of Jesus, they go, let's just go back to what my father said at the beginning. Go back to what, what my father had in mind. Let, let's go back to the heart and the intent behind every commandment or every law that God has ever given you. The only reason God has ever given anybody any law or commandment is for their good. If you read through the Ten Commandments, God gets nothing out of it. It's all for our protection and our provision. Protection from anything stealing our life and provision that we might have a better life. If you really analyze them, even the worship the Lord and, and honor him on the Sabbath, he didn't get anything out of that. He just knows if you worship rocks, it won't go well for you. So on our behalf, stop worshiping trees. They can't save you, right? I mean, it just makes sense, all right? So, so what, please hear, this is what Jesus is saying. He said, I'm not changing. I'm not changing any of that. I'm not changing the heart and the purpose behind every word that comes from the mouth of God. I'm not, down to the smallest letter, are you going, well, that's not even important. That's insignificant. No, no, that little part right there is just as true as the day it came out of God's mouth. I'm not abolishing God's truth. I'm not pushing aside God's commandments or his laws. I am not undoing the kingdom. I'm actually, I'm actually bringing the kingdom to you. What's the definition of kingdom? Where God, what, what he wants done is actually done. I came to show you what your life could look like if you would take your life, as crazy as it is, and live it inside of his kingdom. That's what I came to do. Watch me and I'll show you what the law looks like. All right? Now, if that's true, therefore, all right? And therefore, that's what it's there for, right? Right? All that, right? Therefore, that's pretty good. All right, right, anyway, um, therefore, anyone who breaks the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same, and there, there, there are churches all over the world going, you don't have to do that anymore. Well, the times have changed. 
And definitions have changed and culture has changed. So don't worry about that. Be careful because anybody who breaks the least of these commandments and then teaches others that it's okay to do the same, you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, right? But right, whoever practices, and I think this is so important, we're not going to do it perfectly, but we're going to practice and practice and practice and practice and pursue and pursue and pursue. And then we're going to teach others these same commandments. You'll be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Right? You'll be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And then we're going to, this next sentence, Jesus sets up everything we're going to talk about for the next six weeks, all the way to Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to, we're going to be in the, the rest of chapter five. What, the way we say it around here at Flatters is, is Jesus is about to lay two deals on the table, two options that you can choose from for how to live your life. And here's what he says. I tell you the truth, that unless your, your, your righteousness, your dikaiosune, what you're looking forward and hanging on to, saying that is what's going to make me good, unless your dikaiosune surpasses that, the dikaiosune of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, so you're, whatever you're counting on for goodness, it better be better than what the Pharisees and teachers of the law are. Why not? Because you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So there are two there are two deals on the table. There are two ways that people are going to try to say, I can be a good person and I can have a good life. There's this way, and then Jesus says, here's my way. Here's the first way, okay? It's the religious way. How about this? You can go with the righteousness or the dikaiosune of the Pharisees and teachers of the law. If you want to do this, good luck, because here's what that means. The only thing that matters is following a list of written rules demanding that we do the right thing or not do the wrong thing on the outside. That's all it's about. Did you show up at that building? Did you wear the right thing? Did you eat the right thing? Did you have communion on the right day? Were you baptized the right way? Was this blah, 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 all right? So if you, if you want to try to keep the law perfectly and count on that being a, making you a good person, have a good life, good luck to you. People have been trying it for thousands of years. Go for it, okay? Jesus says, let me throw another option. How about this? The righteousness or the dikaiosune that comes from Jesus living in us and us living with Jesus in his kingdom. What's that mean, okay? It's not a bunch of lists of rules and regulations. It's this, all right? Jesus is gonna write his law, his truth of love. He's gonna write it on our hearts so that everything that we do naturally on the outside flows from our changing hearts without anyone telling us what we ought to do externally. We just know. And see, we've been talking about this for the last several weeks, right? The more time you spend with somebody, you actually begin to think like them. And when you begin to think like them, you don't have to be told to do. You have the same mind. Paul calls it the mind of Christ. And so for the next six weeks, all right, we're going to work through six real-life situations where Jesus is going to, he's going to contrast like the old dikaiosune of do this and don't do that or you go to hell when you're dealing with God or when you're dealing with yourself or dealing with other people. And he's going to contrast that and lay that beside the, the goodness of the dikaiosune that Jesus says, I want to put in you and have that change your heart. And then that will change the way that you see God and see yourself and see other people and all those people around you. But you'll get to choose. Now, or but, because <laughs> but changes everything, right? Here's what I know. And this isn't being arrogant. Just based on the, the feedback I've gotten, the series we just wrapped up, everybody loved it. I did because it's some good stuff. It's Jesus. I'll give him credit, props to Jesus, right? But all right, so everything that Jesus has talked about, we all go, yes. So far in the Sermon on the Mount, here's what we've covered like, like, like this. Um, messy, broken, empty, throwaway, addicted, um, sinners, whatever you want to call it. All, no matter what you've done or what's been done to you, everybody's welcome in the kingdom of heaven. You can live your lives with Jesus. And we all go, yes. 
I'm in. Awesome. If that, I, I, I would sign up for that. We love hearing that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus and not by, we don't have to do something good enough for God to save us. And once we're saved, when we screw up, he doesn't kick us overboard back to hell. Yeah, amen. We all like, we all like that. We love the message that, that in Christ, in the kingdom, we have a new identity. We're no longer throwaway people. We are sons and daughters. We are salt of the earth and we are the light of the world. We are significant. We are important players in God's plan. We're not just players. We are plan A for God to change the world. And that feels good. Amen. Keep on teaching, Jesus, all right? Now, here's the thing, or but. I'm not a prophet, but I can tell you what every one of us is going to do sometime in the next six weeks, myself included, all right? Specifically when one of these things that Jesus, these, these situations that Jesus lays out there and go, for example, this, when it hits close to home, all right? Because Jesus, listen, Jesus is going to say something like this. So, and he always says, so you've heard it said, and that's his way of going. So the law or the old version of Dikaiosune says, when you're in this situation, do this or don't do that, or you're, you go to hell or something like that, okay? But, but I tell you, that in the same situation, if I'm living in you and you're living in my kingdom, when you find yourself in that situation, this is the kind of dikaiosune good response that leads to a good life and better results for yourself and the person that you're dealing with. And when you hear that, you know what you're going to do? You're going to flip back to, I want rules. I want laws. I want a line. I go right up to that line. I step over the line. going to hell. Give me the line. I want that, right? And that's going to be revealed as, as Jesus brings up different things by the questions that you're going to ask yourself. And I know the questions you're going to ask yourself because I've asked them all. Jesus is going to throw some grenade out there, and here's what you're going to say. So are you saying that I have to do that? You know, are you saying there's a rule, a law? Give me the law, right? How about that? This is get more, right? Are you saying that it's wrong if I don't do what Jesus suggests? Right? And here's, here's the money one, all right? All right, how about this one, all right? Are you saying I'm a bad person if I don't or I won't or I can't do that? It's too hard. No, it won't fit. You saying I'm a bad person then? No. And neither is Jesus. See, Jesus is not going to throw out a list of hypothetical situations that some people someplace in the world might deal with at some point in their life. No, he's going to hit situations that everybody listening to my voice right now is in the middle of right now or is connected to somebody who's in the middle of it right now right? Big ones like this, all right? So hang on, buckle up, all right? This is what we're going to cover in the next six weeks. What are you going to do when someone makes you really angry because they are the reason that you can't get what you want or think you need? You're in my way. I had hopes and dreams, and you crushed them, and I'm mad. I want this for my life, and you're in my way. You ruined my life. You hurt the most important part of my life, and I'm angry. What are you going to do when somebody makes you that angry, not if, when. How about this? It gets even more intrusive. What are you going to do when, not if, when you're sexually attracted to somebody who's outside of God's protective description of marriage and intimacy? Well, that's never happened to me. Liar. You should pray about that, all right? right? I mean, so so I'm, I'm not saying that you're going to, what are you going to do when somebody catches your eye and you begin to rehearse things and you go, I know what God says about that and I know what God says about it, but I still want that, her, him. Not if, it's when. We're all going to be there if we're not there tonight. How, how about this? What, what are you going to do when, not if, this is just look straight ahead, everybody, right? I just don't want to be married to you anymore. All right? Okay. Well, we, we're in love. We, you know, we, we'll never think that, <laughs> said the newlywed, right? 
There comes a time when you go, I don't love you anymore. I don't feel what I used to feel. I don't want to do this anymore. That's reality. Jesus admits it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to do something, all right? Or how about this? Um, what are you going to do to get other people to do what you want them to do? There comes a point where you just want to yell at something and go, just do it. And they go, no. Well, um, how do you make people do what you want them to do? Okay? And we all want people to do what we tell them to do. That's just, Jesus admits that, all right? How about this? This is a hard one, all right? What's going to be your automatic response when somebody hurts you? I know what our muscle memory is up right now. You smack me, I smack you. Okay, let me just say this. Jesus is not going to say, but if you love me, be a doormat. That's not what we're going to teach. But what's your automatic response before you even think through what's really going on here? What are you going to do? Or how about this? I know how you treat people that you love and that love you back, but if you really believe that in the kingdom that your hunger for right things and righteousness and justice to be done, even though you don't see it in this world, you, you actually believe that Jesus is going to satisfy it if you really believe that, what difference will that make? What will you do when you have a chance to do something to your enemy and nobody would blame you? That's my enemy and you have this coming. And I hate you. So here I come. Now, here's what's going on, right? And I've seen some of you shift in your seats. Because I see you. It's not that dark in here, right? Um, but internally, here's what's happening right now. And I, so your eyes are narrowing and you're having imaginary conversations with me in your head. And here's what you're doing. Who do you think you are? You don't know my life. You don't know my marriage. You don't know my divorce. You don't know my situation. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know this. You don't know what they did. You don't know any of this. And it goes something like this. Listen, are you saying that if I want to be in the kingdom, or if I want to live a blessed Macarios, whatever that word is, all right, that I have, that I have to do that, or I can't, I'm never allowed to do that? Because if, I, if you're going to talk about that part of my life, thanks, check, please. I'll see you at Christmas. I'm out. Let me know when this series is over and we get into something more happy, all right? So, so are we saying that you have to do this in order for God to, no. I'll, I'll be honest with you, okay? I, I don't think, and I've studied Jesus quite a bit. I don't think that the reason Jesus came is to slap more rules and more laws on your life. It just doesn't seem consistent at all. I believe, based on what I've studied of Jesus in his word, that Jesus came simply to point back to the original truth behind what God says is a better way to live in his kingdom. And the rest is for you to decide. We're not talking about, you know, you have to do that in order to be saved or be loved or be forgiven. That's not what we're going to talk about at all. What Jesus is going to say is, because you actually realize that you already are loved and you already are forgiven and you're already saved, maybe you want to rethink some parts of your life. Does that make sense? Since, since he, all he wants to do is give us a better life. That's all he wants to do, right? Now, so I, I'm going to wrap it up. So I think most of us would agree with this, most of us, all right? We do whatever we really want to do. I don't care if you're 12 and up. We, we do almost everything we want. We find the time, we find the money, we find the opportunity, we find the excuse, we find the loophole. We do just about everything we really want to do. We'll find a way to do it. And I think most of us agree with this, and that whatever we really want to do comes from the overflow of our heart. Why'd you do that? I don't know. That's not true. I've wanted it in here for a long time. I just finally pulled a pin and did it. Right? Now, Jesus is about getting down to the heart of the matter, right? Because he knows that out of the overflow of whatever's happening in here comes everything, right? 
So the things that we see and the things that we do because of the things that we want, it all comes from here. Do you remember a few months ago, I, I said this, in the kingdom, Jesus fixes our broken wanter, right? That makes sense because our broken wanter comes from a broken place in our heart because we want something that doesn't agree with God. But, but the only way that we can have that part of our life fixed is if we are willing to take a look at, at what is happening right now or has happened in the past. See, we're going to talk very little about, so what are you saying about divorce? That's what everybody's been emailing me about. What are you going to say? Right? Nobody's saying, I really question the murder thing, but the forgiveness thing. I mean, if you have a murder question, <laughs> this is your church. That's all right. Okay. Uh, now the adultery thing, and you know, because uh, here's what we're going on in our mind. You don't know my situation. You don't know what was going on. You don't know this. You don't know that. Listen, I, I don't really want to talk about that. It happened. Here's what Jesus wants to do. Let's go upstream and figure out what happened way back here that finally ended in this, all right? So, so yeah, you had an affair. Okay, bring it to Jesus, put it in the kingdom. You're forgiven. Do you want to have another one? Are you, you got divorced. You probably have your reasons, and they're probably good and justifiable. That's between you and the other person in God. Okay, all right. But do you want to have another one? Or how about this? You, you have blown up relationship after relationship because you're angry and you throw your anger at people and it's blown up your family and you've lost so many friendships. I get it. Bring your anger into the kingdom. But do you want to keep on losing more relationships? Because that's what's going to happen unless something changes upstream so that when it lands today, we don't end up in the same old thing. Now, I'll be honest with you, all right? Um, I want a better life. Can I get an Amen. Do you want a better? I want a good one. How good do you want? I want the Kaiosune life. I want the Kaiosune marriage. I want to have the Kaiosune friends. I want to lead out of the Kaiosune and not anger, and I got something to prove. I want to be the, the Kaiosune kind of dad rather than roll over my kids with all my injuries. I want something better. And Jesus says, well, bring it to me. We'll go way upstream, and we'll get all the way to today, and I'll give you a better life. Does anybody want that? Me too. Let's stand up. I'm going to pray. We'll sing a song about how, yeah, yeah, Jesus, yeah. All right, so let me just, I want to clear something up. I've got a lot of emails about this, all right? I've got more emails just from reciting the Sermon on the Mount, and I mentioned the D word, divorce, and the here come the emails. What are you saying? What are you saying? Let me just tell you, if you decide to come on the week we talk about divorce, you will walk out of here with more grace and more healing and more hope than maybe you've ever experienced. We are not throwing stones at anyone. We just want something better from now on. That's all we're going for, all right? So I promise you, okay? So God, in this moment, uh, we're going to sing a song that just gets right to the heart of the matter, and that is the only reason any of this is possible is because you're good. And you're not just good like my buddy's good or like, like what I'm trying to be good. You're like the Kaiosune, like Jesus, you're the goodness of God. And you demonstrated that, that when I was at my absolute worst, you said, what do you need? And you laid down your life and you took my sin and then you handed me your goodness and I am covered in your righteousness right now. That's just crazy and I want it and I need it, 
and it's my only hope. And so in this moment, God, we just accept more and more of your goodness, cover us in your dikaiosune, forgive our sin, and then show us what needs to heal and change in our life. Not so that we are loved, not so that we are forgiven, or not so that we'll be saved, but because we've realized we already are. And in that good place, our lives got to get better. <laughs> That's all made possible because of good Jesus. And it's his, in, in his name I pray. Amen.